Hallelujah. Father, we give you all the glory, honor, and praise. Father, we thank you for today. We look to you and we wait on you. Hallelujah. For in your hands and in your presence is fullness of joy. And at your right hand, pleasures. We bless your name, O oh God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, who can give us um, some kind of uh, recap of our last meeting? And uh, we are entering into a new season. I'm not sure my microphone is sounding. Who can give us a microphone, please? Anybody? Okay, let's look at the book of Genesis, the book of beginnings. But still going to be hammering on the priesthood. But still going to be hammering on the priesthood and the mind of God. Did you hear? We have to continue to insist. The mind of God. Hallelujah. Now, let me just say that any God any God, any, is looking for one thing. That's worship. Any God. Now, when I say any God, I'm not including the most high. I'm just talking of all this cheap um, all this cheap uh, <laughs> spirits that are flaunting up and down your place. You're welcome. Bless you. Good to see you. I hope you hear me. Where's Francis? 
Did you hear? Did you hear me? The difference between the father and these other uh, cheap charlatans, if I can call them that, is that God created man. I hope you hear what I'm saying. What did I say? God created man, all right, for his pleasure. Not only man, all things. All right? Now, if we check that Genesis chapter 1, it says, let us make man in our image. Most people who worship God's fallen spirits make an image of the spirits. Hallelujah. Did you hear that? Most, virtually all, carve out an image to look upon. But the most high is not so. It's not like that. Am I making sense? The most high is not like that. The most high. Shakabarata bakala. Rodoshteke mahaliyatata. Rondoshteke mahu. Who knows what I'm trying to say? Who can flesh what I. Uh, uh, <laughs> who can who knows what I'm trying to say huh huh yeah hallelujah okay that um, God made us in his image after his likeness um or made us to, uh, his desire was that we will come to his image and his likeness. Um, and the raw materials for doing that, we are the raw materials, if that makes sense. Um, but then false gods, it is earth, wood, stone. Okay. The raw materials for carving out the image of God is not wood, hay, and stone. It is you yourself. But false gods, because... Um, they're, subser they're subservient or they're below Almighty God. It is wood, hay, and stone. That is the, that is the image that's what, that people would look at. The image of God that we're meant to, that's meant to be beheld is, cannot be, God said, make no graven images. So there's no carving of God that suffices to capture what God looks like. It is, yes. Well, it is instead we ourselves, the carving of humanity that will bring forth the image and likeness of God, and that's Jesus Christ. Any other person to add to what he just said? This is so beautiful.
And while you are talking, I was like seeing it from this angle that, you know, all the false gods, they strive to be noticed, to be worshipped, because they see it as an exalted thing. But from God's perspective, he's, he's seeing it as a place of fellowship. Come and become, come and become who you are. So when you are talking, it is just connecting to my mind that in, even when Jesus Christ was on earth, they wanted to exalt him. He would say, no one is good, his father. You see, there is no place of driving worship to themselves, but they know how to distribute it. So in that, on, in that right hand of fellowship, they are drawing men into a place where, come, let's share, share this nature. And it's not per se, like Francis said, it's not material kind of thing. It's not something that you can, you can just phantom. It's internal. It's a nature that is, you can only know God to receive. I don't know if. Hallelujah. Um, any other person? One more. Okay. Yeah, just say some small thing. Just to emphasize what you said again. You see, God is self-existing. While those false gods, they are not self-existing. They are not self-existing. That's what I want to emphasize. So that's why they need to be visible through, through any other kind of... They, they, to, to materialize, to become a substance, they, they must possess something. So, but God does not need anything. He's a self-existing one. Thank you. Just when Francis was talking, what I saw is, from what Francis said, uh, what I saw is that um, the lesser gods look for lesser things to to express their image or to express who they are. But you know, they don't use they use wood, they use stone, they use cards, they use things that just to show uh their image, right? But uh God uses a person and the image you know of the father is the son. to carve anything to see the Father. In looking at the Son, the Son, which is Christ, I will see the Father because he's the express image of his person. Hallelujah. Thank you so much. Now, listen. Okay? Please. One of the reasons why these spirits demand worship and objects to look upon is so that the photographic body 
that is supposed to take on the image of the Father would be blocked. I hope you hear what I'm saying. Now, in creation, what the Father, the Most High, did was to bring, just like what Francis was saying, bring about the raw materials. See, because long time or earlier in my walk, I thought that the creation of man in Eden was the conclusion of the matter. But it's not possible for that to be so. Because at that state, the Most High still instructed the first man to eat of the trees of the garden. You understand that? So the process was not completed. The process had actually just begun. And when we look at or study scripture, we, in our mind, figure what God is saying from our own state of understanding and timing. We don't see the Father his timing being a long process of time. So when, when he says, uh, and God saw, he said male and female created them, and God saw that it was good. You get. So our assumption is that we are using our, uh, we are using, um, we misunderstand God's time zone or time, God's time, uh, time, space. Did you hear that? And assume that it was concluded. But it's only Peter that will tell you that one day before the Father is equal to a thousand years, eight years. You understand? So when he says in Genesis that God created man and woman, male and female created he them, and then he saw that they were, and he said, they are, this is good, right? That's day. Hallelujah. That day is not one day of 24 hours. It's not one eighth day. It's a process. I don't know if in God's time. Is it, do you understand that? Do you understand what I just said? Who understands what I just said? Huh? You understand? Okay.
semana. So what you are trying to say is uh, um, a day in Christ of God, like when it's trying to process like a, a season where something happens okay so God's um, time and season is different from ours on earth so okay so our own understanding is very different from how God works then. Okay. Like and uh, during, how I say it? Okay, the, this one that when um, the cool day when God come to visit Adam. The cool of the evening. Cool of the evening when God come to visit Adam in the garden. Mm. It's not evening in our own time. Yeah, it's more of his own. How I say it? The time of which he comes to talk to Adam. Have Okay, yeah. Time where it comes to Adam and Pav, they have conversations. Like, okay, this is this is it, this is it, and this is it. So, our own understanding when we read that, my understanding before I learned it was later in the evening when everybody has calmed down, God just come. Because that was the understanding they gave us in Bible school, that Bible study then that Jesus will just come and look for Adam and they are going to sit down as parties and talk. But I found out that it's not really like it comes in its own physical form, but it comes in in, in time of when um, Adam has settled down to study, then God himself comes in. in. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you so much. Um, I'm happy that you took time today. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's interesting to know that it's the father that came. It's interesting to know that. Okay? That is the father that came. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So it says in the cool of the evening, okay, the voice of the Lord. Okay? In Jewish writings, that voice of the Lord is another thing altogether, another dimension altogether, okay? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So, there is a depositing of the nature of God, okay, in man. See, I perceive that we're going to be saying things that is going to get a lot of people angry and going to blow your mind, Okay? But trust me, um, God will not let us stray away from the truth. Okay? Are we together, please? Hallelujah. So, the Father, when he said, let us make man. Okay? 
in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion. Now, it is interesting that we know that this process engages the person of the Father, engages the contribution of the Son, and the contribution of the Spirit of God. Does that make sense? Does it make sense? Huh? Hallelujah. So, you can't hold on to one and leave the other. Right? Did you hear that? Each one of them have their time of participation. The son actually came to bring us into the plane where we can commune with the father. Okay? And then immediately or after that had been created, the Spirit of God now had to do his own part of the creation. Okay? Don't forget what he said was that man is the raw material. That means you must keep your state. Did you hear that? And not allow any tampering. Did you hear that? So that the material is pure enough for the process. Who can explain what I just said? Who can flesh it out? Huh? Okay. Give me the microphone. So it's like you're baking a cake, for example, now. And you have flour, sugar, butter. If you want to bake the cake now, and they give you all the ingredients. And then halfway, maybe you're taking the ingredients up the stairs or something. The ingredients now fall. If you cook that cake, what should be a delicious meal can give someone diarrhea? What should be a feeling thing will make someone want to throw up? Or it tastes completely different. Um, yeah, for example now, when, look at this, is it party rice or? They said that when, when you're in boarding school and the old women are making food for you, it is their sweat that makes the, <laughs> the food very sweet. So there's different things that make, whatchamacallit, the thing taste a specific way. And if the intent of the person that's making it provides you with all the ingredients, it's probably something that he's after. Um, the other example I would give maybe would be a master chef that knows exactly how many portions, like secret recipes for specific things. They know that, okay, to make this thing work, you add this, add this, add this. When someone adds something that's different, they'll identify what something is off with this concussion that we're, we're getting, I'm trying to um, come up with here. So, yeah. Thank you, sir. Um, something uh, came alive as you said that and as you are trying to bring up that dimension. 
the state of Adam was actually the image or the nature of God when he was made. And for him to keep benefiting from the engagements or the conversations of fellowship that he was having with God, he must not tamper with his state. And um, that means that in the day Adam tampered with his state, it became impossible for him to benefit from that engagement. And as a result, it wasn't God that ceased to come. It was Adam, having tampered with his state, disengaged from that realm of that fellowship where those attributes or the natures of God, where he will be feeding from them. So what is resonating me is that even in our positions today as children of God, as we begin to tamper with the nature of eternal life, the state of eternal life, that disengages us from feeding from the tree of life. Not that the tree of life will walk away, but we detach ourselves. Because the tree of life is a constant, just as God is a constant, that is always available to whomsoever that is found in the state of that life. Because it's only in the state of that life that you can feed from that life. So once we deal with our state of the nature of that life, it becomes impossible for us to continue until, until, because there's always until there, until we are able to come to the state of repentance. Because what happened to Adam was that he could not repent. Why? Why could he not repent? Because it was a willful disobedience. It was a willful tampering with that state. Because the law was given to him. So it was a willful one. And as a result, God said, in this state, you can't have me again. Because you are the one who decided not to have me. That was why in that chapter 3 or chapter 4, when God was having conversations with him after the fall, he asked him, who told you that you were naked? Then as God began to, you know, dish out further instructions or condemnations, God did not condemn Adam. God condemned the earth. Huh? He said that the earth will produce for you tons and thistles, And in the sweat, you will feed from it. What does it mean? As Christ came in the parable of the sower and began to explain, he says that the earth is the heart. Of men. So when God cursed the earth, it was that heart. And that way, that's why it will have to be rep by repentance that a new heart will be given. So that man will now be able to feed from that life that has always been there, even before time began. You understand? So, uh, um, the, 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 anytime we, even in our day of eternal life, or call it grace, begin to tamper with that nature. Because I remember something, a scripture is coming up. He says, 
if you continue in the flesh, he said, you shall die. If you continue in the flesh and the practice of another kind of living, which is a process of time, then that life will be tampered with. And as a result, feeding from that tree of life will become impossible okay. in that state. Now, this is where, you see, somehow I feel that you've run so far ahead. Now, you are still saying that tampering will prevent you from eating from the tree of life. So why do you still need to eat from the tree of life if you are complete? Do, do you hear my? Do you hear my angle? Do you understand my angle? No. Before you start. I understand. Do you understand my angle? Do you get? See, that's where I started from. Okay, that. The fact that God said that he saw Adam and Eve and he said, this is good. Okay? It's not complete. Yes. And I'm learning from Francis saying that the raw material, when... Because Satan was there. Because when he was making the man, okay? Are, are we together, please? After making the man, the man was still required to eat of the trees of the garden. Okay? So, if he's required to eat of those trees, I want to ask, where Yeshua is now, is he still eating of the tree of life? Huh? He, he, has, is, he is the tree uh -huh. of life. He is the tree of uh -huh. life. Uh -huh. So, he says, Thou hast shown me the pathway of life. life. For in your presence is yeah, fullness, fullness of life. life yes. yes. Did you see that? So, he, he said, He that overcomes as I have overcome. Yes. So he also overcame. Mm -hmm. Correct? Yes. He also overcame yes and he's sitting on the throne and he's demanding from us that any of us that overcomes the way he overcame he will grant that we sit on the throne just as he is sitting on the throne did you see that he will even grant access to the tree of life to he that overcomes so the, what keeps you or what is holding and the people that he's talking to mm -hmm. are not dead people. Yes. They are living people. Yes. So it means that the state we are in right now mm -hmm. we still have a process to go. Yes. 
Agreed completely, sir. Agreed. So, that process has a duration of time. Yeah. Has challenges. Yeah. Has obstructions. Yes. So, what I was saying, because Yeshua said that as in the days of Noah, so will it be. So, will it be. So, you find out what happened in the days of Noah. The Bible says that Noah was righteous in his, in his what? Day. In, in his what? In his generations. In his generations. Yes. I want that specific word, generation. generations. So which means that Noah kept himself from every form of genetic alterations. That would de empower him. That would de empower, empower him, him from fellowship. Okay, choose another word from de from empower. Okay. Because someone else will hear and say, You said empower him. So choose another word. Okay. I know what I'm saying. I'm talking about listening ability listening of people. Ability of people. That's the listening ability of people. Um, uh, that, that, that will make it impossible. Uh -huh. Make it impossible. That's right. Yes. For Noah to continue feeding or relating with God. Now, now there's a reason why. You see, because everything that we're saying here now, we're actually charting the pathway. I hope you hear me. In the days that we are in, yes. we're charting pathways, what should and what should not. You get what I'm saying? So in the time of Noah, everybody was into genetic engineering. Yes. Everybody became Nephilims. You understand? But Noah kept himself with his family. With his family. Yes. So because of that, Noah found grace in the eyes of God. Mm -hmm. Did the, you hear in that? fact, the grace he found in the sight of God was actually his consecration. It was his consecrations that was the grace. I don't know. Are we, are we following? Sister? Are we following? Huh? Give her a microphone. Thank you, sir. Please, you have to come this way. I want to, if you understand, if you are following the trend. Okay. So what I got from it, especially when you were talking, was um, let me let me just read it how I said. It said we are raw materials, and we should not allow tamperings mixtures because how does it apply to me and then when we mentioned genetic alterations i added that in but because i was thinking of raw material we're diamond we're rubies we're things like that so we should be purging ourselves of things and not allowing more impurities in so that that's what i am getting from this that we should be you know because mixtures the word these different gospels different things we shouldn't we should be mindful of what we hear how we hear what we see, how we see, so that we are on the right path and we don't, you know, so we are letting go of stuff rather than bringing in more. Praise the Lord. Th thank right. you. Okay. So, there is something she said and something I said earlier that when God said tons and testers, will that earth produce for Adam? And the Christ explained that the earth was actually the heart. Huh? And that means that the heart 
has the capacity to produce tons and testers. There are four specimens of hearts. Yes. Some people's hearts are stony. Are stony. Some are wayside. Yes. Some are thorny. Yes. And some, some are, are good, good hearts. Good hearts. Yes. So that the, the, the production of that thorns and testers, which are actually, uh, uh, because she said that we should not contaminate or pollute. So the, that thorns and testers brings pollutions. Because Jesus said that the tongues and tastes are cares of this life and deceitfulness of riches. And they are kinds of messages. They are messages. <laughs> they are messages today. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Did you hear that, young people? Young people, did you hear that? Because there's that zeal. Okay? There's that zeal to jump from place to place to where it's happening without understanding that you pick stuff. Yes. And those stuff that you pick, rather than help build the life of and nature of God, would actually can bring in pollution. Thorns yes. are spikes that pierce through and life eases out, oozes out. Yes. Did you hear? And it oozes out from the heart. Do you yes. get that? Are we together, please? Praise God. You continue. Oh, you're done with it. Okay. Now, listen, please. Because there's a way I perceive that this message to this school should be crafted. You know, we started by talking about worship, images, idols. Did you hear that? Worship, images, idols. Okay. Now, for the nature of God to be transferred into you, there should not be any form of idols in front of you. Hebrews tells us that we should look unto Yeshua. So looking unto Yeshua is not looking unto an image or an idol. Looking unto Yeshua is looking unto words, commandments. I hope you hear me. Uh, rudiments of life and things like that. Okay? Are we together, please? Hallelujah. Or looking at a prototype. Okay? Now, now this, this can be a bit difficult for someone to chew. Now, looking at Yeshua without hearing him can never be profitable. Does that make sense? Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Yeshua said, don't call me Lord, Lord, when you don't obey me. I was listening to a guy, and he said that the, in, in Israel, or among the Hebrews, that the best form of worship is listening. Because you, it's called Shema, you, you hear and obey. Okay? Praise the Lord. Now, the purpose of the Father creating man is for worship. And priesthood. <laughs> Do you hear what I'm saying? Do you understand? 
If I tell you to answer, can you answer? What did I say? Priesthood and worship. Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and then let them what? Have what? Dominion over what? Huh? Over the best of the air, over, over all creation, right? Now, all creation, part of all creation are the planets. Do you know that our priesthood transcends these heavens into the realm of the spirit? Did you hear that? Our priesthood moves, transcends from not just the realm of the physical, it moves into the realm of the invisible. Oh my God, we haven't even started. Okay, uh, you guys don't understand me. We haven't even started. We are messing with mundane things that are not helping us in our priesthood and our nature. You cannot remove priesthood from your nature. Did you hear that? You cannot separate priesthood from your nature. Because the person that you are supposed to be like is a priest. Okay. Yeshua had the ability, the power to walk upon water. So he's an overcomer over waters. And he never told the water, oh waters, oh waters, oh waters, here I come. And I walk over thee now. Eh? In the name of, in, the, in my name. Did he say that? So, it means that there is a, an amount, a type of configuration that you come into where you can easily morph into walk, you can walk on solid ground and morph into walking on do you get what I'm saying? And then you can also subdue the air and gravity. And each one of them will bow to you, okay? And they will know what, you, what is in your heart, what you intend, and then they will assist you 
in what you are doing. I don't know if you hear what I'm saying. Okay, before, before you come up. You know, when Yeshua resurrected, he left this earth and pierced. Nobody saw that. The only person that had, could have had a glimpse of, and I believe her, I believe that she. Have you ever wondered about Mary Mandeline? Hey, don't touch me. Don't, don't, don't touch me yet. I have not ascended. So she knew what he was going to do to your father, my father, and your father. But rather, go and tell. Do you get? I just want to know. Because if I'm the one, I would want to. Like, turn and just, you know, how does that happen? Did you get what I'm saying? How, if I'm the one. So, perchance, perchance, I don't know. Oh, when do the windows of, of the invisible open and swallow them up without clouds? And then he went to the, to the, to the throne. He went to the Heavenly sanctuary. All right. What kind of blood did he, how did he carry the blood? Because the blood had oozed out. Okay. So what was it that he took? <laughs> to the heavenly sanctuary to go and purify everything out there. The Bible tells us that the life of the flesh is in the blood. So there was a life that came into the sanctuary. Are we together, please? And the presence of that. You wanted to say something, sir? What I wanted to add is this issue of, um, you know, our understanding of what it means to say in the name of Jesus. That in that name, you see, our literal understanding of that. Um, I would say, you know, makes it uh, uh, difficult for us to morph into these realms of operations or functioning. Because um, in the name of Jesus does not just mean, you know, physical uttering or utterance. It means actually true obedience to the revealed word coming into a state. That is called Christ. That's what we always teach here. Uh -huh. that Coming is a into a state that is called Christ. Mm. That will empower you to function as he functions. Mm. Not as he functioned. Mm. As he functions. Mm. So it does not just stop to say, you know, when you pray for people in the name of Jesus. You say in the name of Jesus. Or every prayer you end with the, um, should I say, uh, uh, the religious them in the name of Jesus. Mm. It actually means coming into a nature. Mm. 
coming into the operations of that nature called Christ. You understand? <laughs> Until we are able to transcend, you know, move beyond this physical uttering of that mm. name mm. into level, higher levels of obedience that brings us into the actual functioning. Functioning. Mm. We can come into that operations of that realms, of the unseen realms. It becomes impossible for us to, um, you know, for the elements, elements, so to say, to obey us. Because the elements will obey who, is, who they see as their master. Who they see as their master. So, without high levels of consecrations and obedience to the revealed word, we can't come into mastery. We can't come into mastery. So, we will always, no matter what we know, we will always be babies. Because an heir, as long as he's a baby, he's subject to tutors and the elements. So, the elements presently is like masters to some of us because we have not come into certain levels of obedience to the revealed truth that will make us for them to see us as masters and be able to submit even when you have not uttered a word even when you have not uttered a word they know what resonates from the heart the demands from the heart and they obey thank you sir praise God now listen now. There is a state that you, you and I should, must come into. And we can't come into it with our present understanding and our present endeavors in our faith. Did you hear that? Do you know it gives us so much pleasure to say, ah, great man of God, great man of God, great man of God. I hope you hear me. Now, this is where most and if possible, all men of God should shy away from that. Because I think somebody was talking about Yeshua running away or so. Huh? No, no, no. Today. Who, who was him? Uh, Joshua. He was saying that, what did you say? <laughs> Do you know that when Yeshua heals people, he doesn't stand and say, I am he. I am he. He never said that. He always ran away. I hope you hear me. He always ran away. Okay? And he always instructs the person he has healed not to tell anybody. Okay? So, and this is very important for us in this class. 
this is very important for us in this class, to remove the garment of pride. I hope you hear. To remove the garment of pride. You know, someone came to Yeshua and said, good master. He said, no. No man is good except God. You see, so there's a posture we should take that when people in our priesthood, please, when people kind of ascribe, you know, powers, prowess to us to say, this could not have happened if God was not here. You have to consciously verbalize. I hope you hear what I'm saying. Praise God. Now, pride will tamper with you. Did you hear that? Pride will tamper with your genetic makeup. I hope you hear me. So, it must be a commandment in every priest not to seek for self-glory. What did I call it? A self-commandment. Not to seek for self-glory. It's in the law of priesthood. Are we together? Did you hear that? You must be faithful in your generation. Because when they asked Yeshua, signs, okay, part of what he said was that there will be deception. And other things he said was that as in the days of Noah and as in the days of Lot. So in the days of Noah and in the days of Lot, in the days of Lot, the Bible tells us, I think Peter said that um, Lot vexed his righteous soul by the things he saw and the things he heard. Did you hear that? Now, I would like us to check that word vex. Did you hear? I would want us to go check. That's an assignment. What does it mean to vex your soul? Did you hear? Because he was righteous, as it were, but his stay in Sodom and Gomorrah tampered and did something to his soul. Huh? It was not possible for him to stay in that place. Okay? I, 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 I don't mean to deviate, okay? 
But isn't it interesting to know that he was in that city. The men knew he was in the city. Nobody attempted to touch him or his wife or his daughters. All right? So when the angels came, when those two angels came to his house, they demanded, okay? The men demanded for those men. And, yes, and uh, Lot offered his virgin daughters. They rejected the virgin daughters and wanted those two men. I don't think those men were just ordinary. They had gone into uh, mutations, if I can be allowed to use those words. I, I don't know. If, did you hear that? Are we together, please? They could cite the men, too. Right? Because they were angels. They could cite them the way Lot was able to cite them, okay, and offered, you know, meal for them, to them. Are we together, please? Praise God. So, without me carrying us away, if Yeshua said that, as in the days of Noah and as in the days of Lot, then looking into what happened in the days of Lot and in the days of Noah, is very important. And it would mean that we should make attempts to keep our bodies, what? Our generations, do you understand? Our genetic composition intact, which means we should not bring in anything that would tamper with our genetics. A consecrated person who doesn't know what is going on will eat some things. Consecration based on knowledge. You say? <laughs> Did you hear me? Are you okay? Are you, in, are you intact? You are in charge? All right. Go ahead, please. Okay, I'll actually run through several things that were mentioned in passing. So, um, I'm going to ignore that one. But you spoke about how listening or hearing is the highest form of worship. When he said that, what came to my mind was um, the, when Samuel said to Saul, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken and the fat of rams. And we've said before how um, 
priests are chiefs of. Mm. Right, 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 exactly, yes. Sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to his voice, yes. And I checked the Hebrew words that were used there. For both obeying, it was Shema that was used. So to Shema, has the Lord great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices, as in Shema, the voice of the Lord. Behold, to Shema is better than sacrifice. And to hearken Kohab, which is like the pinnacle of Shema, than the fat of rams. So what I saw was how I'm seeing priests as communicators, as bridge builders, as in interactors. They, um, they facilitate communion and fellowship, like you mentioned fellowship before. And um, the peak, their goal is to achieve that communion, that fellowship, that interaction, that listening to God's voice. So when they're seeing that, okay, to, to shema what God is saying now, Jesus Christ, now to shema what God said, he had to die. That is the sacrifice that pleased God, if that made sense. It was obedience as a consequence of hearing. So that's, that's the listening is the highest form of worship. Then something that Pastor Trudy said also was that um, when we say in the name of Jesus, it's beyond just mouthing or saying those words. The truth is that normally when all you can do is mouth it, it's because um, of the fact that you are not identified by that name by merely glancing at you. So for example, when verbalizing, exactly. So you're projecting something that people are not I, don't you understand? I am coming in the name of Jesus. But there is you appearing, for That's example. Right. And the name of Jesus appears. It's, it's just brought the, the nature of Jesus appears. That's right. That's right. You, you know, Yeshua would come into a place and all the demons would start screaming. Do you understand that? All the demons would start screaming. Huh? And he, uh, so, <laughs> when they start screaming, he is the one who not tell them, shut up. Get out. Do you get? So, you know, don't even start shouting. I, I don't know if you hear. Are we together, please? See, now, this is so... What does the Bible talk about a priest or a high priest? See, it's not just a priest, but a high priest. Hebrews tells us that every high priest is called out from amongst men as to things pertain to what? To, to God, gifts and offerings, both for himself and for the others. Are you getting it? You understand what I'm saying? So, the person that the priest can hear, uh, God can hear, is a priest. Did you hear that? The person, God can, the Bible says that God, we know that God doesn't hear the prayers of the, <laughs> he doesn't hear that. It can't, it, the, the sound and the vocals cannot get into his ears. You know, it doesn't have the capacity to, to levitate, uh, to ascend. Did you hear? And then Yeshua says that, oh, that don't, don't let your prayers be like that of the hidden. Say, for they think that they will be heard by their many words or speakings. Did you hear that? Praise the Lord. Now, please, this is an aspect, and that's why for this season, our overall theme is our identity in the Messiah, our identity in Christ. I hope you hear what I'm saying. 
It is your identity. That identity is not something you have to go and get. That identity is you already. The problem is that you don't even believe in yourself. So if you don't believe in yourself, then who's going to believe you then? I don't know if I'm making any sense. You see, when you come to terms, okay, You see, when I was younger, I was entering into puberty. Is, it, is that for men too? For men too, right? Some fluids still coming out from my body. I got scared. <laughs> and I got to find out that that's what happens to men. So I came to terms with it. You know, I always crack a joke about a young girl that sees her period for the first time. And she'll go to mommy. Mommy, mommy, I wound myself. <laughs> Your mother would say, shut up, you didn't wound yourself, you're a woman. <laughs> Does that make sense? Are we together, please? No, you're not a woman. Don't. Say, but I wound myself. No, you did not wound yourself. <laughs> did you hear? So that young lady has to come to terms with who she is. I'm a woman. So the mother would tell her, listen, this would happen constantly every day for about how many days four days four or five days after which it will disappear and it's going to come back again next month <laughs> hallelujah praise god oh my god are we together please so your identity now, if you know who you are, you will not be going to someone else to do prayers for you. Did you hear? But you can go to someone else to stand in agreement with you. Did you hear? Are we together? Does that make sense? Are we together, please? So, It says, one shall put to flight. See, so that coming together, and this is where the church today lacks understanding of their identity. I hope you hear. One shall put to flight 1,000. Two shall put to flight 10,000. That's a military thing. So the unity of the brethren is a priestly thing. And it was intentionally done by the Father. And the unity of the people of God is called righteousness. And it's in the heart. It's called breastplate of righteousness. What did you say? It's God's judgment too. Are we together please? Did you understand that? 
You see, the Bible tells us in the book of uh, Second Corinthians that the that the weapons of our warfare, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal; they are priestly. They are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now, you cannot pull down strongholds without authority, without identity, without understanding who you are, and coming to terms and in agreement with who you are. The problem we have in the church today is that we do not want to accept who we are. We are still running behind fig trees. We are also hiding amongst the trees in the garden. What did you say, sir? Stand up. Come forward, please. I read somewhere, while studying God's word, I read somewhere in uh, Ezekiel 31, showing us the, the trees that was in the garden. So how that uh, they hide, you know, they hide behind the garden. So that scripture just popped on my That's what I was just trying to. to give me a summary of what today's teaching is. Okay? Thank you, sir. Let me sit here if you want. Praise God. Listen. We are building up on our priesthood. We must understand the intentions of the Father. In Exodus chapter 19, he said, you have seen how I carried you on eagle's wings, okay, and brought you out of slavery unto myself. So, there was a journey or um, a spiritual dislocation from one location to another location. I hope you hear what I'm saying. Even though it was physical locations, but it was also spiritual locations from slavery to freedom. I hope you hear what I'm saying. True freedom is priesthood. Okay? Are we together? <laughs> I hope everybody is following me. Huh? True freedom is priesthood. Because true freedom brings you out of the house of bondage. I hope you hear me. Into our freedom in Christ. Did you hear that? 
And when we come to him, we come to him as priests. We don't come to him as slaves. I hope you hear. Because if you are a slave, you are subject to the idols of your slave master. I don't know if you hear that. Did you hear? But the father is not a slave master. I don't know if you get it. He's never a slave master. Did you get that? He willingly allows you your will. I hope you hear me. Did you hear that? Because he wants to reap the fullness of worship. I hope you hear. So it is with a joyful heart that you express. Are we, did you hear? It is with a joyful heart. It's with a heart of love. I hope you hear me. That you give your all. If you are captured by a slave master, he forces you. So you keep. Did you hear? Because men were born to be free. When men were made to be free. Am I making sense? So if you put someone in bondage, you won't get the best from that person. You won't get the all of that person. Did you hear? So it is when you come freely with an, a free heart that you give your all to the Father. So huh? a willing sacrifice. So he will never force you. So when you come to him, you come to him as a priest and you give him your all. I hope you hear. So you give him your all. Now, you cannot give him your all Do you know how to give your all? Who can tell us how best to give your all? All right. Thank you, sir. Romans chapter 12 now says, um, our reasonable sacrifice is now we now presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice unto the Lord. Don't take, give, give back the microphone. <laughs> How do you give your body as a willing sacri living sacrifice? What, is, what do you understand by that? Um, I know in the Old Testament, the Lord specifically t told Moses to tell Pharaoh to let his people go that they may come to him in the desert and worship him. Um, as you said some minutes ago, you can't fully give yourself to the Lord if you are still bound 
to the former Lord or to something else that was holding you captive. I believe the way we can actually give ourselves fully is when we don't have any other attachments. We don't have anything contending. How do you come to that state when you don't have anything contending? Um, Paul says concerning um, his work with the Lord that he's a, he's a born servant of the Lord Jesus. I understand that. So I believe we now in our hearts, we make ourselves, it's now a conscious um, reality. Let me help you. Fully Let me help you. It, say, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. So if you are a sacrifice, okay, it means that you have been slain. Did you hear? Yes, sir. And it means that blood is letting out. It's been let out. That blood that is being let out is what? Your life. Which life? Your new life? The old life. The old life. Yes, so which means that you have to willingly come before him. Mm. Mm. Did you hear that? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So that you can empty yourself and emptying yourself of the old life takes its struggle. Case in point, your Christmas chicken. Okay? When you slice the neck of the chicken, what do you see? What, do, what happens? You start seeing the beating of the feather, right? It struggles, yes. Sir. All right? Mm -hmm. Why? Because life is going. So when the whole life is gone, Another life can begin. the chicken does, why? Everything inside has gone. Yes, sir. That process is not a playful one. Because while you are letting the old life away, you are making room for the new life and then you have to have a heartfelt decision not to be conformed to the world because the world will want to take that space too. So you have to begin to, while that life is going, actually, as you are receiving the... Um, it says uh, renewal, renewal of, yes, mind. of your mind. Knowledge. Yes, okay? So, so there's an exchange that's going on. And it's a constant procedure. Mm. I hope you hear. Yes, and it's, it's all working in your heart, your will. Did you hear that? Yes, Where you purposely, okay, let go by what you have received. As you are receiving, you are letting go. As you are receiving, you are letting go. As you are receiving, you are letting go. And you have to hold forth. Because the Bible tells us in the book of Proverbs that we should guard our heart with all diligence because out of it flows what? Issues of life. 
none of these things can happen without you coming to that place of priesthood, acceptance, I, you know, agreeing with the Father who you are. You have anything you want to say, sir? Anybody want to say something? Huh? Okay. You want to do that now? Hallelujah. Okay. So I just, I wrote down like bullet points from everything that was said. Um, I will say one more thing from the very, very beginning. I forgot to say this earlier on. Um, when he spoke about keeping our state, the example I should have given was of um, silicon chips, the fabrication process. When you're fabricating silicon chips, um, you, they do it in a very clean environment. The people that, the only, the only companies that can do um, the CPUs that you use in your computers now are Intel, TSMC, and Samsung. Those are the only fabrication companies that are strong enough to actually produce anything worth, and um, no, TSMC, Samsung, and Intel. Um, basically, when you're in the fabrication um, laboratories, everyone wears white, they wear gloves, they wear masks. There is literally, you c like if there's any contamination, if a single grain of sand enters into that laboratory, they flush out every single, like they flush out all the air onto that grain of sand is expunged from the building. Because computer chips, um, they're within like nanometers of accuracy. Like the ones you have in the most recent iPhone is a three nanometer chip. Basically each transistor is three nanometers wide. A grain of sand is sitting over hundred, maybe even thousand transistors. So basically showing how precise everything has to be done. So I felt like that was a better example in capturing what you had as far as like the nature is concerned. But let me go to the summary real quick. Hallelujah. God wants to build the image and likeness of God here on this earth. This image and likeness isn't made of wood, hay, and stone like the images of the false gods. It is made from the purified hearts of people that are worshipers of God, void of the blockages of graven images. This isn't just one person's heart, but rather the heart of a community of people. The person who has successfully captured God's vision for this image likeness of God understands that it's not just about one person, but it's about a community. So because of that, humility is something that you're going to find in the person that has captured the heart of God. These purified hearts are able to receive the genetic code of God and therefore bear the name of God on the earth. This name of God isn't meant to be merely vocalized while it is being inherited, because while you're inheriting the image and likeness of God, you do have to say, in the name of Jesus. That is the truth. But the end goal is that, um, I heard about, was it Smith Wigglesworth? They told someone, someone told someone that was possessed by an evil spirit, that Smith Wigglesworth is coming, or Lesser Summer was coming. Was it Judge Lake? Lesser Summer, yeah. And then when the person heard, when the demon heard that, <laughs> the man of God was coming, the evil spirits ran away. And that's a picture of what we're supposed to come into as a consequence of our development. So while um, it's been inherited, um, yes, we have to be very clear in vocalizing, in expressing, and it, that's also part of convincing yourself. But it's actually meant to be inherited as an image and a likeness, as a life and a nature that we live. This process of inheritance is what Adam was put in the garden for, to offer up himself his com the components for that image and likeness of God as sacrifices unto God. This sacrifice was he himself being offered by the hearing of the voice of God that walked in the cool of the day. 
The sacrifice of hearing God's voice allows us to deny or drain out our old life and receive God's eternal life. When Adam disobeyed God, this process of worshiping God was halted because Adam's heart was corrupted. When Noah was born, he was prophesied to help this cursed heart, as what Lamech said when Noah was born. At the same time as this prophecy was proclaimed, there was a you know, demonic onslaught against the generations of humanity upon the, upon the earth. The Bible says that as it was in the days of Noah, so it shall be in the days of the Son of Man. In other words, at this time, hearts of men that have been corrupt would be getting healed. But while that prophecy has been made, there's going to be an onslaught corrupting the components of humanity. This looks like our genes and our physical bodies. This looks like the messages that we'll be listening and hearing. Basically, the messages that you're hearing are meant to help you to offer up yourself to God. But if you're hearing the wrong messages or wrong teachings, you will not be able to offer a pleasing sacrifice unto God with your bodies. The counsel of the Lord today is to capture this vision of God for humanity, this priestly vision of the image and likeness of God. Praise the Lord. Any other thing for any other person? A lot of things are going on right now. A lot of things are going on right now. There are some foods that have no seed in it. There are some fruits that have no seed. And it's very good and pleasant to eat. Because you will not be obstructed by seeds. Most of the things that we are eating are dead. They have no life in them. There should be a positive move to shifting gradually away from the kind of things we ingest into our system, into our bodies. Did you hear that? We have to begin to learn how to eat not for pleasure. Did you hear that? Hallelujah. Your choice of food can direct you into a particular way. It's better to eat living food than dead food. This is consecration. Is it not interesting to know that whenever an angel comes to a parent to announce the birthing of a child or a man child, he will say, he shall not eat this and that neither shall he drink. Did you hear that? 
Why? Because of the consecration. It has to be, so when you are talking about sacrifice, the most painful sacrifice are the little ones. <laughs> you know, it's easy to sacrifice the big sacrifice. But there are some easy, wheezy little ones that you can just say, let's leave this one. Though. Let me hold on to this. <laughs> After all, this one is very small. Hallelujah. Praise God. Are we good? You see, I'm more interested in this brotherhood thing. See, all the sons of Israel their names are waiting for us in the city of God. Okay? And we have to gain access through each of the gates of the city, correct? Are we together? So the gates can open to you when where there's a resonance between yourself and the gate. All the brothers of the 12 tribes, all right, come together in Psalm 133. Behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together. So it's the dwelling together that enables the oil to flow. And the oil that is flowing is flowing upon the head of a priest. <laughs> so it's all pertaining to priesthood. And it's also connected to the blessing. So the unity of the brethren brings about the global. Because remember that we are, we are all, we all, all right? We are one body, and we are connected to the head, who is the Christ, who is Yeshua. Do you understand? And there has to be freedom of movement, that which every joint supplies. Are we together? So if there is no unity, if you are doing your own thing, because you are the one that the Lord spoke to you directly. In fact, Yeshua visited you this evening. And then you, if our Holy Ghost came, you know, looking like Yeshua and, and gave you specific instructions, you, both of you ate together and stuff like that. So you are the one who, you are, the, you get what I'm saying? 
So you are not submitting to her. She's not submitting to him. Do you get what I'm saying? So, <laughs> so when the oil of eternal life is looking for, uh, you know, walking through the streets of gold, no access. So understanding your priesthood and understanding that priesthood is, is, is a nation. For you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and each one of you are lively stones being built up into a spiritual house. Pastor Chudy, I, I just feel that that is even the first step, the unity of the brethren. Say that again. Take your microphone now. <laughs> they said till we all come. Till we all come, Ephesians chapter 4, from verse 13, till we all come to the unity of the faith. Unity of the faith. That unity as you explained in Psalm 133 does not mean uniformity. Unity of understanding, knowing the purpose of God. Knowing the, the issue is knowing the purpose of God for making man in his image after his likeness. Where man is supposed to arrive at and then the purpose of God, of God is fulfilled. What is the heart cry of God as he was making man? You understand? And knowing that the purpose of all the creation is the man in the image. Is the man in the image and likeness of God. So, till, that word till means that there will come a passage of time, a process of time when we arrive at that Unity of understanding of the purpose of God, the purpose of the fivefold. At that time, the fivefold expires. It expires. Those offices become irrelevant. Irrelevant. Because there is this unified understanding now that this is the purpose of God. And everyone is seen walking towards that. So as to arrive there. So as to arrive there. Because the end point is unto a perfect man. Unto a perfect man. So without that unity of understanding, we can't arrive at a perfect man. Remember, it's a community of people. It's not one man. Huh? So every, every part of the body, universally or globally, must come to that understanding of the purpose of God for creation. That man that God made in his image must also come into his likeness, come into his character, into his functioning, into his operations. 
and the sphere is earth. Earth does not just mean the, the continent or what you call the globe. Huh? It means other spheres, other spheres of administration. That we must come until we arrive there. We can't come to a perfect man. Huh? We can't come to the Son of God, unto the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness that is called Christ, that is called Christ, so that we are no longer tossed to and fro by every wind of the doctrine. At that point, when we arrive there, then doctrine will be irrelevant. Having known the purpose of God, and everybody is seen willingly moving to achieve the purpose of God or to attain Christhood. To attain Christhood. So the purpose of me being a believer is to attain Christhood. Huh? Is to become perfect as Christ. Not to belong to a denomination where I am a pastor or an apostle or apostle head or the revered apostle. That was where, 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 where we uh, arrived at. At a particular uh, um, burial ceremony, in fact, the burial ceremony of the the wife of one, of, uh, the father-in-law of one of our brothers, Enemu, there was the one that uh, uh, the 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 title was his worship, his worship. When he was called, <laughs> I looked at Pastor Douglas. I hid myself. I hid myself. His worship. And you see, when he was not addressed properly, he he could not move from his seat. His worship. So, so we, we must come to the point where all of those things mean nothing to us. It means nothing. Because this is actually an office. It's a functioning. It's an anointing. It's a grace that you are bringing to the body. A grace of Christ that you are bringing to the body so, as to, uh, so that the body can be perfected as him. As him. So the fact that you are used as an instrument does not mean that you have attained. That you have attained. Because you are yet to attend that which is revealed to you, that you are revealing to the body. You must bear in mind that you must also attend that. <laughs> Until deliverance is when you know that you have to attend that, then you are delivered. Until you know that you are not delivered, you are in bondage. You are in bondage of that office. You are in bondage of that office. So we must come to that point where we know the purpose of God, which is unity of the faith. Eh? Unto the knowledge of the Son of God. Knowledge of the Son of God. Because it's the knowledge of the Son of God that will bring forth the sonship in you. Bring forth the sonship in you. It is that that drives you to a point that is called, it will drive you. It's not that it will make you to come. No, it will drive you. It will drive you to the point called perfection. Perfect man. Needing nothing to be added to make you any better Christ. <laughs> Needing nothing to be added to you again to make you any better Christ. It is at that time that all these things we see fizzles out. Because then, having known the knowledge of God, you know that all of us are one, and God is looking for a community of believers. He's looking for a community that will be called Christ. All of them will be called Christ because all of them will become one man. One man called Christ. Hallelujah. I think I'll stop here, sir. One or two questions. Does anybody have any question? Maybe things um, that will say that will 
Okay, you want to ask question? Okay. Okay. Thank you. Um, my question, I'm afraid if it not take us back. Okay. But the question is, um, Daddy says something that uh, but he didn't emphasize on it, but after he said it, he jumped to other things. But he said, uh, when God saw that um, everything was good, I mean, the man, he said, when he created man, he said something like that. I don't, I, I, so, but it was, you said that good, I think his daddy says he has, um, I don't know what that means, that the good is not, the perfection you are saying, I mean, Adam, the nature of holiness or, uh, or good that you are saying. Okay. Is there something more to, because you, you so when you say when that good, then you do not, um, Okay. Okay. Jesus said, "No man is good but God." Is that is that one? No, 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 no. He said that. Papa said that. Um, God made man. Like God said yeah. to Adam and Eve, that's good. That yeah, this is good. Yes, but that that's not the fulfillment of the intention in the heart of God. No. Yes. Does that? Do you understand that now? Okay. You're watching that was the thought that you want to express. The book of Hebrews now tells us that. Yeshua is the express. So there is the image and there is express image of the Father. So you move from image to express image. Okay. Maybe I'm, I'm, I'm messing up. No, I, think, I think he just reminded what the question was. just that... Uh, I want to be clear because we are taught some things. Some, maybe jargons. We call it jargons now. The theology. No, okay, it's not jargons, but <laughs> I'm meant to believe. You know, when you did the theology of holiness, perfection, Christian perfection, we said Adam. That is what we call Adamic perfection, and they said this perfect, this Adamic perfection. We are taught and uh, from history of study of perfection that Adamic perfection is the original intention of God for Adam, but Adam no, messed no, up. So no, we cannot attain not. it again. So yeah. the, 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 now coming to say Jesus Christ is the complete uh, perfect perfection or is the express, express image. So they told us that that Adamic perfection, the early state of Adam is as perfect as God. It's, no. it's, it's clear as God. So, no, no, okay, so. no, no, no. Because God cannot be tempted. No. But he was tempted. Adam was tempted. Mm. God can never be tempted. You understand? You know, if you are, if he has, if Adam had reached that state, God, uh, Satan can't come and tempt him. Let's, let's leave theology and let's talk about spirit. Yeah. What we are talking about is not theology, because theology is for you to write the exam and they will give you your certificate. We're talking of life. And then the certificate we're talking about here is not the one they give to you in paper. You are your certificate. So it's the certificate of yourself that we're talking about here now. That one, however they said it, blessed be the name of the Lord. Well, here we're talking about the certificate of life, not the one they give to you in the Bible school. All right, praise God. I also want to add something. Like, talking about Adam in First Corinthians chapter fifteen, 
It says that the first Adam was a living soul. And the last Adam, not the second Adam, the last Adam is a life-given spirit. So the last Adam is a spirit that gives life of the spirit. So when you got born again, when you received Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you became alive. You came into being a, a, a living soul. That the seed can be now be sowed into your heart, which is the word of God. Eh? And that seed can germinate. And look for light, which is Christ. So that it will grow. And continue to grow. And continue to grow. Until the time when it will blossom to begin to bear fruit. That is when you are qualified to give life. Because the fruit is that life. Is the expressions of that life. That's why Christ is the express, expressible person of his image. The image of God that became expressible was Christ. If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Adam, Adam cannot say that. <laughs> Adam couldn't say that. Mm. Adam knew he could not say that. Because he fell at the place of wrestling. Do you understand me? He fell at the place of wrestling. Wrestling with personal knowledge, personal emotions, self, whether he will yield fully to God or continue with what he knew. And he chose to continue, chart his own course. And that was it. You understand? So that's, I think that's better. Like he said, this is not the certificate that is given. Eh? This is where you are the certificate. Whatever we are taught, we write it so that we get that certificate first. Eh? Uh -huh. But when you leave that realm, you come into the realm where you, you are, your life is now the certificate. And another thing again I want to say, if you check, God in 26, God declare that perfect man. Let's make man after our image and our likeness. Then when you move to 27, he say, he made them male and female. That was Adam. Then in Christ, there's no male and female. So the man he created in chapter 26 is not the same thing. I mean, man 27 is not the same thing, man 26. That man 26 is supposed to grow to that 26. Do you understand? It's a journey. So that's why they have to give him commandment. Do you understand? So Jesus, the last Adam, equally came like that, but he had to journey and enter the fullness of life. But that was what the first one supposed to do. Okay, you, you. Praise the Lord. It's Amen. what Pastor Trudy said. Okay, Pastor that, Trudy is here. Yes, he's here. That got me, <laughs> that got me thinking that Adam could not repent because it was a willful accident. I was just wondering because the nature of God doesn't change. In the garden, it was harvest. It was different from seed time and harvest. Adam came as a full-grown man. You understand? He was a pioneer. There were certain experiences he didn't have. So when he fell, he did not repent. Is it that he didn't have that knowledge of repentance? Because if he had repented, wouldn't God have forgiven him, being a merciful God? But Jesus came as his seed and grew. That's why there's a new law, seed time and harvest. He, he grew. So he's different. That is the last. He's different from Adam. 
So because Adam was a pioneer, there was a knowledge gap. He, could, he, he did repent. He didn't know that he should repent. That was why he didn't okay. repent. But if okay, he had Pastor repented, okay, wouldn't Chidi. God had forgiven him? Okay, Pastor and Chidi, but to go through all this. Adam also, his soul also have not really developed. If you have developed the way you ought to develop, there won't be need for commandment that and journey. Okay, Pastor Judy is here. Okay, I'll give him the answer. So, this, this will be the last question. That uh, let we'll me, let me try. Um, my brother, you see, if Adam had continued fellowshipping with God, he will understand what is repentance. God did not run away from Adam. It was Adam that ran away from God. The commandment was given to Adam. It was Eve that was deceived. Adam was not deceived. You understand? <laughs> you, you, if you are saying that this could be a scroll that was written out for him, I might, quite, uh, um, I might agree with you, but Adam was not in deception at all. Was not in the, he was not deceived. The one that was deceived was Eve. You understand? If you're saying that may, that could be the, what is measured out for him, okay, we might think it because the scripture wasn't so express, you know, about that. But the issue of repentance, who thought, even when God was addressing Cain, did Cain show any remorse? You understand? There was no repentance. Repentance is not taught. Who taught you repentance? When you received Christ as personal Lord and Savior, were you taught repentance? It's not taught. It's something that hits you because of the kind of heart you have. So when you hear about the, um, the predestination of God, it is the foreknowledge of God. Knowing who you are, the kind of heart you have, how you can respond to the word. When you err, he has that foreknowledge. You understand? So Adam had a choice to either repent or not repent. And whichever one was okay, by God, it's okay. You understand me? When he died in fellowship, did he die physically? God still allowed him to live. Yeah. And out of that, process came Enoch. Out of that process came Noah. Out of that process came Father Abraham. You understand? At which point was repentance taught in that generation? Not once. It's a response of the heart to the yearnings or the demands of God. It's just a response of the heart. You understand? So we couldn't um, just you know, if you knew uh, um, how Adam, how high he was with respect to naming the creations. You understand me? Naming the creations of God. For whatever he called them, they became. Then you should appreciate the state in which he was when he disobeyed God. <laughs> there is something I will say off mic.
Hallelujah. Praise God. Some while back, I heard a teaching here, and um, it says that in the garden there was no silver, and we know silver is um, is symbolic of redemption. Yes, sir. So I know redemption is only possible when you need to buy back something, and redemption is a product of a relationship that has been affected. Um, Hebrew says it's special when you've missed the mark. So I believe for repentance to have happened. The man must have been aware that there was a relationship that needed to be restored. And so you need redemption and you need repentance. But because he was a living soul, he had not journeyed to the place where he could have that knowledge. So God needed to send forth prophecy in the sense of the generations that will come after him to now begin to redeem man. I think that's what I was just thinking when I heard the question. Hallelujah. Praise God. So just, just stay with the one you understand. And the thoughts you understand. Uncle, why are you laughing? I'm saying something, you're laughing. Just stay, the, stay with the one you understand. The one and journey in it. That's the most important thing. You understand? Uh -huh. I hope clarity has come to you in that area. So just stay with the one you understand. Praise God. Okay, um, um, let's remember um, the prayer watch. Um, I, I know that every one of us is participating in the prayer watch. Okay, let's stand to our feet as we thank the Lord. I just want us to pray one prayer. Pray one prayer for yourself. Say, God, let my eyes of understanding be lighting. You know, based on the word that I heard today. Quicken my soul, quicken my thought, that I may comprehend this truth. In the name of Jesus, I don't want to be just be a hearer only, but I want to be the doer of the word. Thank you, Father. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Enlighten my thought, enlighten my soul, enlighten my understanding, enlighten my comprehension. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for that which you brought today. We worship you, Father. We give you praise. We declare that we understand. We declare that we comprehend. In the name of Jesus, we receive your heart. We receive your thoughts. We receive your mind. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your impartations today. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, we pray. Okay, can we share the grace? The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the sweet fellowship of the Spirit, rest and abide with us now forevermore. Surely, goodness and mercy is flowing us all the days of our lives as we are the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Father, we bless the wine. We bless your flesh. Lord, we ask as we partake of your flesh and your blood. Lord, we trust you. We trust you, Father. We trust you, Father. That this word, that this flesh, 
and your blood will activate us. We receive life. We receive understanding. We receive transformation. We receive strength. We receive empowerment. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So if you have your offering, please let's give our offering and come and come to the Lord's table and partake.